who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Hi, I'm Madigan from Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist, a podcast that explores the world through a personal, intersectional feminist perspective. Each Monday, I bring you a brand new full-length episode covering something from a wide variety of topics. And then every Friday, come meet up with me again for a mini What's in the News episode so you can stay up to date on everything that's going on in the world. Check out Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist wherever you get your podcasts. And Ray John. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. And let's talk about what lessons have found. Let's hang out. And let's listen to two lesbians shout. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. Hey everyone, welcome back to Les Hangout, where two drunk lesbians podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening. And if you're a new listener, welcome. We're excited to have you here. From the West Coast, I'm Lee Holmes Foster. And from the East Coast, I'm Ellie Brigida, and we are so excited to bring you Season 2, Episode 3, Spreading the Girlship Word. Before we get started today, it is time for a little This Week in the Lesdom. This Week in the Lesdom. This Week in the Lesdom is a segment where we touch base each episode about things going on with the podcast or in our Les universe. And so with the podcast, we'll be booking some live shows this year, so keep an eye out for that. And let us know where you'd like to see us. Uh, it helps a lot for us to find venues uh, if we know that you guys will be there. So yes. let us know where you are. We'll come see you. Um, also, today is the last day that you can sign up to be a patron and enter to be featured on an episode of the podcast. Um, so if you were debating, do I want to be a patron? Do I not want to be a patron? Uh, it's a good, good opportunity to get to come hang out with us in person or slash virtually in person. Uh, enter today. You'll get entries towards uh, a drawing and we're going to have one of you come on. And you also get all the other fun perks of being a patron, like uh, movie watches and jingles and all sorts of good stuff. And if you want to see me actually in person, for all of our Boston listeners, I'll be playing at Aeronaut Brewing Company in Somerville this Wednesday night, the 19th at 8 p.m. Would love to see some of you guys there. Woohoo! Yay. All right. And this week in our Les universe, we just need to talk about all the ladies who are in suits, who are taking pictures. There's so many photo shoots of ladies killing it in suits lately. I mean, first, like, Jillian Anderson crushed it. Crushed it. Crushed it. Like, uh, 
everything from uh, a simple favor that's just yes. like giving me too many Blake feelings. Lively crushing the suits. They have what was the photo shoot with uh, Anne Hathaway and Jessica Chastain? Oh my I mean, God. there's just they're just everywhere. There's a lot of ladies in suits lately that we just thought we needed to shout that out. Keep them coming. Um, and you know what? I just thought of this right now. But if you're listening to this and you have some killer pictures of you in a suit, send them to us. Yes. Because, like, I need oh more. I need yes. more. Yeah. Uh, something else that we wanted to highlight is they just put out TV Guide's list of the best 100 shows right now. And we thought it was worth mentioning that it features a number of our queer favorites uh, on that list. So One Day at a Time is on there, Killing Eve, Jane the Virgin. Oh, I love Jane the Virgin. Vita. I'm catching up on Jane the Virgin right now, and I love it. It's so good. Um, Vita's on there. Winona Earp is on there, obviously. There's of just course. There's a lot of queer, heavy shows on that list. We are so loving it. Loving it. We are making our voices heard, you guys. It's pretty awesome. And with that, that's This Week in the Lesdom. Back to you, Ellie and Lee. This episode, we are so excited to be joined by Amanda Holland, creator of Girlship TV, former BuzzFeed video producer and scriptwriter. You might have seen her get drunk a lot. Uh, <laughs> Amanda, <laughs> thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm glad that the internet has seen me get drunk a lot, I think. <laughs> One of the best things in lesbian internet, so... <laughs> Thank you. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's an accurate, accurate introduction, I think. Yes, yeah. for sure. So we're here to talk about, Amanda does a ridiculous number of things, but we want to start with Girlship TV, which most of you probably have seen. But for our listeners, if they have not, Amanda, would you guys just explain what is Girlship TV? So Girlship TV is content created for queer women by queer women. Um, and it is a place where you can come and... Uh, Hang out with, if if you don't have a lot of queer friends, we will be your queer BFF and talk about nice. all of the media that you might be watching on your own, or maybe you're watching with other friends and we'll just be additional friends. <laughs> Love yes. It. You, you started Girlship less than a year ago? Yes. October 8th, <laughs> I think, <laughs> is, the, is the one year. <laughs> Why did you feel like it was necessary to start Girlship TV? Um, so I left BuzzFeed now a year ago um, mm -hmm. because they, uh, I feel like I've said this before, but um, but not on your podcast, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> I, I left BuzzFeed a year ago because they didn't want to pursue scripted content anymore. And that is what I did. That was the team I was on. So I was then let go with a nice severance. Thank you to them for that. Mm -hmm. um, and at the time at BuzzFeed, I'd always wanted to do a queer channel, but there was pushback from a lot of people, a lot of other queer people at BuzzFeed who thought that the content should be integrated into the normal channels and not like separated. We should like make people watch more queer content just by putting it in with the other content. Um, but because the commenters on BuzzFeed are just trash fire dumpster, um, <laughs> like commenters in general, I think you can find the nice YouTube commenters, but the ones on BuzzFeed, especially the main channel, are just terrible and always trolling because it's just such a very generic channel. So any queer content that went up there would always get just, we would have to have yeah. moderators on it 24-7 because it would just get so much hate. And I felt like that was doing a disservice to the community because the queer people who actually wanted to see that content would come and then just see this hate and vitriol in the comments and then probably think to themselves, 
well, I'm not welcomed in any of this these communities. After I left BuzzFeed, I was like, well, I had one friend who was like, why don't you just do it yourself? And I was like, fuck, you're right. Um, <laughs> so I uh, started Girlship as a way to just kind of create a community where we could all love the content, like love or hate <laughs> some of the queer content that's already out there, you know, as overused as it is, just kind of create a safe space because it was necessary. Yeah. Is that better on Girlship TV, like the comment section? Oh yeah, people are. It's funny because I have. Well, I'll sometimes have my friends, my uh, fellow BuzzFeed employees or ex BuzzFeed employees, come and do an episode of like Drunk Lesbians Watcher, just help out, and they will be shocked at how nice the comments are because yeah. because we found we found the audience. The audience has found us, and it's not. It's more of a place of love than it is of hate, which is good because I would not have kept doing it if it was still hate. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, we we certainly felt that way in terms of like, you know, because let's be honest, we sat the episode that we did with you. We sat and like going through the comments seeing like, oh, my God, who thought we were great and who loved <laughs> who us? Who thought we and... were cute? What? <laughs> <laughs> Ellie's Ellie's little screen capping ones where people are like, oh, Ellie's so hot. Um, <laughs> I so, am on my wall. So we fine. agree. Yeah. I mean, the comment section was seemed like a lot of fun, but it was not, you know, the dumpster fire you usually find uh, find on the Internet. Yeah, uh, thankfully. I mean, I we will get, I, I've had to deal with a pretty biphobic comment recently that I had to get rid of because my actor found it. And mm. um, I like, occasionally you'll get some turfs in the comment section as well. Uh, which, yeah. But thankfully, because with BuzzFeed, we were never, for a while, we were never allowed to reply to the comments. But because I have control over it, I can just be like, mm, blocked. Okay, hide user from channel. Bye. Like, <laughs> yeah. we don't need your shit here. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I feel like that sort of leads us nicely into, like, YouTube in general. Like, what what are the benefits of you doing it yourself versus having to work, like, with BuzzFeed or another company? I am a little bit of a control freak, so <laughs> that's definitely a thing. And... A lot of us are, though. I mean, yeah. especially I think, but if you're willing to get into this game, I feel like you kind of have to be. Yeah, uh, that's proven to be. But it's one of those things as as the channel grows, I've definitely been like, OK, well, I have to relinquish some control if I want to keep this going without going crazy. Having full control and ownership of the content is definitely great. Mm hmm. We uh, me and Chantel are making a short film because we're going to Buffer Fest again. And we had debated about doing it through BuzzFeed or doing it on our own. And now we're thankfully doing it on our own, which means we have full ownership over the content and can enter the mm. short into different festivals. Um, so that's good. YouTube is such a big platform. So there is a chance for people to find you because the search engine is really spectacular despite being demonetized anytime yeah. I post a video. Oh, we're we're going to talk about it. No <laughs> I don't know. It's like, it's one of those things where because I'm doing it on my own, I now have like a nice uh, portfolio of content that I can send to future employers, future yeah. showrunners. <laughs> so when you talk about doing it yourself, I mean, it's I feel like it's interesting YouTube right now, especially for queer content. It's such a hub. There's so much there where I feel like I think a lot of people in the queer community have kind of gotten to that place where it's like we're tired of other people telling us here's what you can put out there. Here's what's acceptable. Here's what's appropriate. You know, like, here's what will allow you to put out there. Or what do you think is important about having a lot of the content that's being put out that are queer stories, queer channels, things like that, that tend to now be kind of helmed by queer people, you know? 
um, telling our own stories and everything. Because I think it's it, especially in the past couple of years, like that's been a huge shift that's happening, like specifically on YouTube. I think. Yes. Wait, what was the question? <laughs> the question is like, what what are your thoughts on like what a difference that makes in terms of of being able to to make our own decisions, being able to tell our own stories ourselves when we make our own content and when we get people watching and people excited about it, it proves to studios that there is an audience there for this content. Um, and we're small, but mighty. And there are shows like Winona Earp, which I love, but, and granted it's not web, but that is definitely, uh, a show that would not be on today yeah. if it wasn't for the way hot fandom. Um, yep. and I yep. think that oh, they know that. <laughs> yeah. The cool thing about YouTube, and granted it happens every once in a while, is that sometimes web series will get picked up to air, to TV. Fingers crossed Carmilla, right? We're all waiting. Fingers crossed Carmilla. (laughs) Um, I think there was a show, I could be very wrong. I can't remember if it was queer or not, but I think there was a show called Brown Girls that got picked up to HBO from a queer channel in Chicago, I believe. Anyone can fact check me on that. (laughs) Well, and like um, Broad City started on YouTube, right? Yeah, Broad City, Insecure, Mm -hmm. um, like Donald Glover was picked up from uh, his sketch comedy channel on YouTube. So it's just a it's a it's a wider platform and it is more of a proof of concept, which is why there are so many YouTubers getting into like movies or TV shows because they want to know because this is just the way that the business is now. They want to know that there's an audience that will follow which is why it is kind of shitty that like a lot of actors have to have a social media following because they just want to know that there's yeah. a built-in audience. Mm-hmm. So that being said, it really YouTube works as a proof of concept for TV, basically. So hopefully we can, you know, things like Carmilla can get picked up to series. Yeah. Well, and they did, I mean, they did get the movie. You know, I think while yeah. we're talking about Carmilla, it is worth noting that like, Yes, you have to show that you have the the following, but man, I mean, queer fandoms show up, you know, like Winona Earp is a great example. I think Carmel is a great example in terms of not just getting the full length movie and, you know, getting people like Dominique, but also Natasha and Elise both winning. What was the award that they won? It's like the... Canadian, uh, like, yeah, something Canadian. Something, I don't know. <laughs> something Canadian. The I don't know. Best we're, we're filthy Americans. We don't know anything. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Those were Audience Choice Awards, and so I think, you know, that's a great example as well of showing, like, this is how dedicated queer fandoms are to being heard, to uh, lifting up the people in our community that are kind of, like, taking these strides and bringing this content out there. Big ups to Canada because they will <laughs> always they I mean, not only do they have like pretty cool queer content coming out, but they also have this thing called the Independent Production Fund. And I know this because I've always been jealous of it, but they do fund a, like the government does fund a lot of their web series. And I do wonder yeah. if it's like due to being like, like, look at how cool this is. Maybe it can go to TV. I don't know. Like. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not in the room when they make that decision, but I wonder if they know that, like, realistically, a lot of minority groups that have trouble getting into mainstream representation because those doors aren't always open, Mm -hmm. that that's where they turn. You know, this is where you're going to start is you're going to start with saying, well, I'll just do it myself. I'm going to throw it up on YouTube, you know, and that's where a lot of that content's going to originate because that's that's what's available. So I started writing because uh, sidetrack. Um But like, you're right. But like, I started writing because I didn't, um, when I graduated from college, I wanted to be an actor. 
And I uh, was like, okay, cool. I'm a 21 year old girl. Let's see what parts are available for me. And they're all like skinny models. And I was like, okay, so no plus size parts. Great. Cool. Um, So I started writing because I wanted to see myself. And I feel like that's definitely a feeling that a lot of people can relate to, especially when people are making their own things. It's a big theme of our podcast is like seeing yourself on screen and how does that impact you? And like, Mm -hmm. yeah, who are the creators that are making those roles for themselves and for other people in our community, which we appreciate. Yeah, screen time, real big in the podcasting world. Um. <laughs> screen times, yeah. Well, screen time, whatever, airtime, all of it um, is important. I'm just teasing you, Ellie. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, especially with stuff like that where you're saying, like, uh, no plus size parts. It's like, even, we're still running into, like, the bullshit thing of, like, what's the new... Uh, insatiable. <laughs> insatiable, right? Where it's like, oh, look, here's a plus size character, and then she gets skinny and hot, and then she's great. And you're uh, like, well, fuck that. Like, what? Why? I've I've done extensive research into that show without actually watching it. Yeah, uh, I approve because we shouldn't watch it. <laughs> although, if you watch the first episode and then nothing else, that'll definitely count against them. Just saying. Um, but <laughs> they, so just watch oh, the first episode. That's yeah, the campaign. Only watch one episode. Because that's a good example of something where they thought they were doing, like the intention right. was good, but the execution was terrible. And yes. granted, I feel like there might be people being like, well, you haven't watched it. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. But I've read all of the reviews. I've had friends, close friends watch it and tell me. And I've seen all of the major plot points, which are just like outrageous. But in the in what they think is the name of satire. I don't know. It's a train wreck. Yeah. <laughs> um, plus, this is America. We are nothing if not a country of forming opinions without doing any research right now. So I think that's the I think that's so the most fair the way to judge someone. Yeah, that that lyric was left out of Donald Glover's version. <laughs> this is America. We don't do research. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I want to so re- I want to re reroute us back. A little bit. On sidetrack? Yes, okay. from our sidetrack, which is okay. So I want I would love to talk to you about some of the actual like logistics of being a YouTube creator for anyone in our audience who maybe is like listening to this podcast and are like, I want to make my own content. Like, what are what are your first steps? Like, how do people get into it? It truly helps. Um, I taught myself how to edit and I always had an interest in photography. So that kind of helped with shooting things because it's framing. Um, So I had a very basic knowledge of like how to shoot and edit. And I made short films and I had a YouTube channel before I started working at BuzzFeed. Um, I won't name that YouTube channel because it's got some (laughs) weird stuff on it. Uh, We will do our research this time. (laughs) I feel like it'll be pretty easy to find, to be honest. Um, So... uh, Thankfully, like there's even a whole website called uh, No Film School. Like you honestly, and I could be wrong, but you could pretty much teach yourself all you need to know on the internet. You can teach yourself how to shoot. You can teach yourself how to edit. It's just a matter of having the drive to do it because I am about to, there's a very good chance that for Parallel Part 3, we're going to film it on my phone because uh, I want to be able to use this stabilizer and like be able to run around people and be totally smooth motion. Um, so that being said, you can film things on your phone, uh, now these days. I mean, I think a lot of our content has been filmed and will be filmed on our phone. Yeah, like, I was like, let me get the iPhone X so I can, like, film stuff that actually looks decent, but it's only on a phone. iPhones film 4K now. Like, you can make a movie Mm -hmm. on an iPhone. People have. 
So it's it's one of those things where it's like equipment, you might have to put uh, like you will have to kind of invest a little bit into equipment. But if you find you can find the right cheap stuff, we're at a point now in filmmaking where um, if you live in a big enough city, there are websites called ShareGrid, which is like Airbnb for equipment um, that you can go ahead and rent from. Understanding equipment and getting equipment is the first step. It also depends on what you want to do because like, for I, am I giving tips now? What am I doing now? <laughs> <laughs> or just, I, I think we're just talking about like, you know, how... First steps, right? Yeah, just first steps. Like general general ideas. You don't need, we don't need like a bullet point plan. Just like, just... <laughs> here's what you do. Um, <laughs> if you have a story to tell, it's always fun for me, at least as a writer, to be able to write and to, um, to have writing challenges to be like, okay, I only have my apartment to film in. What can I write in this apartment? And then really think outside the box and really try to test yourself with like, what's an interesting genre that would happen that you could see in just an apartment? (laughs) Fantasy. Sure. Three unicorns live together. I don't know. (laughs) How, How many things have you filmed in your apartment so far? Everything. Everything. <laughs> Everything. Uh, and I just moved into a new apartment, so now we have a new set. <laughs> nice. Hey, think of what you save on not needing to hire location scouts, you know? It's great. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's also one of those things, too, where uh, I am grateful that I feel like I, even though I said you don't need film school, I feel like BuzzFeed was my film school because I definitely learned how to... I finessed my editing talent and um, was able to to uh, really fine tune skills there and learn how to do things very cheap because our budgets were not big. <laughs> yeah. So mm-hmm. it really you really have to be very creative in your thinking of how to get things done. But I have been running this channel all by myself for almost a year, so it is doable. But mm-hmm. goddamn, is it hard work and a lot of work, and you really don't have to get a day off. So yeah, well, that's yeah. and I mean, other than having to like film, you know, where you live and stuff. Like, what are some of the other things that you think have been like the biggest challenges or like some of the the you know most fun parts of like finding ways to make it work? Biggest challenges is for me is just like I need to hire people. <laughs> like, yeah, I need to not do this alone. Um, so it's it's finding people that I trust to with with the content. It's being able to I don't know how certain YouTubers do it because there are some YouTubers who have had like the same show on for years mm-hmm. and like after a while doing the same show over and over again it gets like repetitive and so yeah, it's like being able to um kind of switch it up enough that you don't hate your life. Um, and like really be able to reinvent the things that you're doing or come up with content that you're excited to do. But that being said, like, it's kind of, I feel like one of the most fun parts is seeing the audience reaction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially when it comes to like, I'm always checking the comment sections after every new episode of Parallel, um, just to see it was really fun when we had Project Inferno on because people were I underestimated the audience, and I know for season two not to do that because I was like, oh, we're going to make it kind of like try to make it a little obvious. And people figured it out like halfway through the season what the twist was going to be. And I was like, shit. <laughs> so, it's, no. yeah, it's fun to see people's reaction to the content. And then like I'm working on a show right now uh, that uh, will replace Drunk Lesbians Watch for uh, the time being. But I'm very excited to uh start working on it so nice 
Cool. You can't tell us what it is, right? <laughs> you can't tell us what it is. I can tell you what it is. I mean, I, I can't. I think the only reason that I would be hesitant to is because we're still in such the early stages that if it doesn't happen, I would feel bad. I'm trying to make a game show, basically, that we've already kind of filmed an episode for very low budget version um, that's on the channel. But please tell me someone somewhere has one of those like 1980s microphones with the long. That's what I want. I just want like. <laughs> We had, I, I haven't yes. gotten that far with the props yet, but maybe. <laughs> One day. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Um, so, we'll, yeah, we're definitely going to ask you more about that after. Once the microphones are off, we want all the secrets. Wander with us into a world of magic. Join Jenny and Madeline in this fantastical audio drama as they journey into the stories you grew up with and reinvent fairy tales with a feminist twist. We'll see you soon in the forest of feminist fairy tales. I was going to say something that sort of that relates to what Amanda said, which is I feel like there are a lot of people like the, the, the phrase like love what you do and you'll never work a day in your life is sort of bullshit. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> um, it's amazing that you love what you do, but also it's still at any point, it's always going to be work. Yeah. And I think that's like a thing that a lot of people just like, I would assume like try to get into YouTube or try to get into content creation. And they're like, wait, this is way more work than I thought. And never mind, I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. yeah. You know, I've had a number of breakdowns during this show. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a lot of it's because you're doing everything. You're shooting, you're yeah. editing, you're pre-pro, you're, you're doing everything. I mean, at the end of the day, it still is pretty rewarding. Is it something mm -hmm. I'm going to do for the rest of my life? Probably not. My main goal has always and will always be to write for a TV show or get staffed on a TV show. So that being cool. said, it is something that is still very rewarding now. We got to the same place, I think, with a lot of things. Like we just we did our first season for the podcast and it was just the two of us. We did everything, you know, and it's like I have a full time job like Ellie has a bunch of other things. that she, So many things that she's doing yeah. like mm -hmm. and you do you get to a point where we're like, we can we could do more, we can put more out there, but we need help. help. We need other people because it it is, I mean, it's a ton of work. You know, there's so many things that go into a lot of this behind the scenes that isn't always immediately obvious at face value. You know, like when you're just watching a video and you're like, oh, great. It's like the amount of like effort and time and people and hours and money that goes into like a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Is and yeah, crazy. if it's not money, it's time, yeah. which right. is like more valuable. <laughs> I, I still have a lot of people who will contact me and say, uh, hello, girlship and team. And I'm always like, ah, team. That's funny. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> you should get a little like business card for yourself that just says like Amanda Holland, girlship and team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> OK, wait, while we're saying that real quick, because I I'm just I'm curious. I'm always curious. So girlship TV, the name. Where's where's the name come from? It went through a lot of different variations. I wish I still had the list. Okay. One of the things that we talked about while at BuzzFeed was that when things are explicitly labeled queer, gay, whatever, there are some people who are closeted who might not share that because they don't like want to mm. be outed by what they're looking at. Um, and granted, if you look at girlship, you'll know pretty quickly it's gay. That being said, <laughs> I wanted to kind of keep those words out of the, the title so that if people wanted to look at it or watch it, they wouldn't get in trouble immediately by just seeing the name. So it was definitely keeping it to like 
And then it just kind of came down to just being like, I want people who ship girls to know that this is the place to do that. This is the TV for you. <laughs> yeah. If you ship girls, nice. no matter how you identify, this is where it will be. Um, and at first I was a little worried because uh, girl does, you know, give you a sense of, it's a juvenile word, word but ladyship just didn't have the yeah. same, same ring. Yeah. <laughs> so it kind of came into girlship there. <laughs> nice. Yeah, we, we definitely did not go that route. And there's nothing funnier than when you have, like, meeting someone new and you have to, like, you mention a podcast and they're like, oh, what's your podcast about? <laughs> and you're like, well, it's called Les Hangout. And that kind of sums it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, everyone. Yeah, there's no hiding. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, our, our our podcast is called Queer as Fiction. So we definitely yes. didn't hide for yeah. that one either. <laughs> <laughs> so, and what, so, okay. So maybe that's a good transition to uh, the next thing that we want to talk about because... We recently ran into on Twitter trying to promote uh, a trailer for our second season. Um, and, you know, that did not go well. We had a series of replies from them about uh, censoring us for inappropriate language. I'm making finger quotes that nobody can see because it's a podcast. Um, inappropriate <laughs> language or profanity. When we tried to follow up, it was profanity. And as far as we can tell, it is the word Lesbian. lesbian. It's like, if that's the problem that they have, having a podcast called Les Hangout is not going to do great trying to get that promoted anywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, you you responded to that on Twitter as well, with Twitter can go lesbian itself, um, <laughs> which we enjoyed. Good. <laughs> um, but I think it's something that we've seen a lot, that we know happens a lot on YouTube as well, where queer creators get demonetized, videos get demonetized, um, yeah. things get blocked, a lot of stuff like that. How, well, like, what have you run into? Where have you run into that on YouTube yourself? At first, I thought it was just, if you have lesbian or gay in the title, then it's going to get demonetized. Yeah. And um, I actually knew that before we went into, like, calling the show Drunk Lesbians Watch. And I was like, but it's such a succinct title and that, like, I, I, we're just going to have to bite the bullet on that. Um, so that being said, um, I knew things were, things were going to get demonetized. It is interesting because my stuff gets demonetized as soon as I hit, like, publish. Like, it's wow. not even, like, somebody flags it. It's, like, as soon as I hit, hit publish. Do you think it's because of the title? Yeah. Well, I, recent, before I was like, oh, it's the title. But recently, I'm starting to realize it's also the tags. Um, mm. Because there was an episode of Parallel that got demonetized immediately and i was like what there's like no lesbian is not in the title anywhere but it was a thumbnail that had them like hugging each other and it was clear they were in bed um so it was one of those things where i was like oh interesting and i mean every time i will there's like a, a way to click like review like yeah certify that it is uh appropriate for all audiences and most of the time they still see that as they still keep it demonetized because there are uh, ours. The bound uh, episode is still demonetized, even though you don't see anything since we left so much of the sex scene in. They kept it demonetized, and it's not yeah. <laughs> appropriate for all audiences. Um, that being said, there are people who are flagging videos because I had a video that was where we watched Battle of the Sexes. Keep in mind, PG thirteen movie. And it's mm -hmm. been age gated. And like, so you have to certify that you're 18 years old to watch it. And I was like, that's weird because 
yes, there are girls kissing and we are swearing, but that's it. Like there's yeah. no, yeah, there is like, you do see a kind of a sex scene in it, but if it was PG 13 and of like in theaters, why is this being age gated on YouTube? Right. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's something ridiculous and something that I feel like we've all just been like dealing with. And there have been so many lesbian YouTubers who have threatened to leave YouTube over it. <laughs> And they've all made those videos and none of them have left YouTube. Um, Well, where would you go, you know? I've had people reach out to me. I think Daily Motion reached out to me to be like, come to our platform. And I was like, no, Mm, no, (laughs) sorry, Daily Motion. (laughs) Um, Is it because you want to have you still want to have control over the content? It's I think it's more because you can't you can't beat the YouTube search engine. Like, Mm -hmm. it's the best. Even if we were to go to Vimeo, their search engine is not as good at least it wasn't like a couple years ago so i mean no offense to vimeo i did put up because i kept i had a battle with nbc universal over the last episode we did uh, about the bold type um Mm -hmm. that episode is up on vimeo now because youtube is being a jerk about it but Mm -hmm. yeah it's just been an ongoing battle and like the the video we just put up of king princess is demonetized and i already clicked it to review a request review I also, like, I'm also curious, like, as a creator, how, like, how detrimental is that to your business? Oh, it's not great because all of the, all of your, um, most of your views come in within, within the first 24 hour, 48 hours, and it usually takes mm-hmm. them a day and a half to monetize it again. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm definitely losing money from AdSense over it. And now they've started to... Well, they started to do copyright claims against me, um, which are getting my videos demonetized as well. So I'm, I at one point was making a good amount on YouTube through AdSense, and now it's becoming very, very, very little, um, mm-hmm. which I think is a problem that a lot of YouTubers have been having anyway. Um, yeah. So most of my money now comes from Patreon. So mm-hmm. <laughs> thanks, Patreon subscribers. <laughs> yeah. Patreon plug. <laughs> but I mean, you know, we're we're kind of jokingly like saying like, eh, Patreon plug. But I mean, it is like Patreon's a great, um, a great alternative to just have people be able to support things like, you know, things like Girlship and things like us. <clears throat> Uh, I mean, you know, it is, it's because it it doesn't have to go through the hands of anyone else. It doesn't have to be approved that, you know, that we're worthy of getting money for stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. and it's ridiculous when you think about some of the things where like, if they demonetize your video and then you get all these views rolling in the first couple days and then they decide, oh, actually it's fine. Like you don't get, you don't get any of that back. No, you know, no, you don't. Which is crap. That's crap. Yeah. And like we, yeah, we could go on all of the rants, but just like. It will never change because YouTube's just such a big corporation that, like, this little drop in the bucket of all these, like, queer people being like, this is ridiculous, like, doesn't, it doesn't matter to them. Yeah, and it's super weird, too, because I know a lot of really cool queer people who work at YouTube, and, like, it's just, like, it's one of those things where it just really feels like, well, I mean, there was a whole thing with ad, what did they call it, like, adgate, adapocalypse, or something that happened. Yeah, adpocalypse. Yeah, it makes sense because they're going to cater to the businesses who pay them money before they cater to the creators who are just putting content up on their platform. Mm-hmm. Um, it sucks, but it makes sense. But I think when you when your guys' stuff happened with Twitter, it was kind of a, like, to me, I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, like, I guess, like, all of these big corporations are still further behind in the times than I thought when we're considering my identity 
as profanity. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. That is the thing that's like, just like the fact that we are lesbians. Like, of course, like, it's like somewhat understandable when you can be like, there was this really graphic sex scene in my video. Right. <laughs> like Maybe <laughs> literally just the fact that we are lesbians talking about being lesbians. And that is like profane. Yeah, that's right. like, I think this like deeper issue. It's hard because even us, like our ad was approved. So now I feel like it's like, okay, well, we're fine. But like, there's so much more to it than just, oh, you didn't let us reach a thousand more people with an ad, you know, like there's... And and it kind of leaves you with that feeling of like, I guess they gave in, you know, and agreed to to air it, but it's still like the initial response of like, you are inappropriate. Like, you Mm -hmm. are not suitable. It leaves you with that buh feeling. Yeah. And the funny and shitty part funny and like a (laughs) this is a dumpster fire (laughs) is that it's like it reminds me of like how people are like oh yeah during pride everyone's gonna profit off of making everything right we accept everything and you know that there were twitter ads probably being like celebrate pride but and then this shit happens (laughs) absolutely (laughs) well and especially ours like uh, we happened to have had that happen the same weeks the same week as the alex jones fiasco you know of like oh Oh. well we have to let alex jones say whatever he wants because free speech and you're like well fuck your free speech we can't even (laughs) say lesbian like that's absurd that's absurd i was just gonna say you also can't change your name to elon musk without them blocking your (laughs) twitter account (laughs) well also fuck elon musk so i mean whatever Not to get sidetracked again, but so while we're talking, we're sort of like keep coming back to content and what the content is. Let's actually talk about some of the content that you guys have. On, sure. I say you guys, that you, Girlship Team, uh, have on, <laughs> you single person Girlship Team have on your YouTube channel. So you have been a busy little bee. You have Parallel. You have Carol's a Demon. You have Project Inferno. You have a million things going on. What What's that been like? it's uh it's been fun i feel like there's always a part of me that kind of has been interested in development like for tv so this is like a nice little gateway to that Mm. it should just kind of see what people react to and see how people engage with the content scripted it has been the most fun i'm sorry guys (laughs) (laughs) i'm I'm sorry drunk lesbians watch is fun to film but not to edit (laughs) what about being in it like carol's a demon you know, you're also acting, you're, what do you, what are your thoughts on, you know, wearing multiple hats? Yeah, well, or just like being behind the scenes, being in scenes, being, you know, like, what do you prefer? It's very rare that I know a life where I'm only doing a single role in <laughs> content. Mm-hmm. I think a good example is Carol's a Demon. While I was off screen, I was getting crafty. I was ordering catering lunches for everyone. Yeah. I was like, making sure that we were kind of on schedule, even though we had a very lovely AD who did that as well. So yeah, it's, uh, on screen is fun. Um, but when on screen is only fun for me when I'm doing nothing else. Uh, (laughs) and so let's talk a little bit about project Inferno. So you said season one's wrapped, correct? So you are, you are getting ready for season two. What's, what's next for project Inferno that you can tell us? Season two, uh, I'm going to start writing it soon. We already, like, me and Ashley, because Ashley was, like, the co-creator on that, but under a different name because she was still at BuzzFeed at the time, we we hit, we kind of, after it ended, because she was a co-creator on that, but then she didn't, 
she was never on set, so she was always watching the episodes as they came out. So we watched the finale together, and she we basically outlined the entire second season that when that aired back in January. So we know roughly what's going to happen. I need to start writing it, so I want to start filming in October, so that it goes up in November, December. It's only going to be eight mm-hmm. episodes, but that being said, we're not doing the same style of the camera in one place, the like stationary camera. We're going to mm-hmm. be a lot more mobile. We're going to see more locations. Not just your apartment. Not just my apartment. Although there are, <laughs> there is a chance that we might be faking some locations in my apartment. Um, <laughs> and uh, green screen. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll definitely see the facility that we all know that. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, she got kidnapped, so we're going to see where she ends up. Nice, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, your your newest project is Parallel, which I'm loving. It's such a it's such an interesting concept that I feel like has been explored in like similar ways in some heterosexual stories, but like we never those? got right. <laughs> screw those. <laughs> so I just finished the like most recent one, which is like rom com esque. Would you say yes? Yes. yes. Right. <laughs> it definitely subverts the rom com. In a way. There you go. Okay. I think that's the right word for it. <laughs> the great thing about a lot of your scripted stuff is that you are subverting queer tropes, but also just like movie tropes in general. Yeah. Other new question, though. How many different parallel universes are we going through in general? There's going to be a third one. There's going to be mm-hmm. a part three. And then that's going to be the end of the season. Uh, we have talked about what a season two would look like. And theoretically, mm-hmm. we could keep doing the same thing because it's just a really fun way for me to explore genre and insert yeah. Yeah. people into genre. But at the same time, if you saw part one and it had to do with assassins, we built up this story because they're exes. We built up the story about how they met and everything. And me and the actresses, Allie and Alyssa, were talking about, we're like, Wait, wouldn't it be cool if season two was just us seeing that story, how they met and like how they've been killing all these people in like Prague and everything we were yeah. like, so that might be season two, just like seeing that relationship. And I don't know, maybe that's how all the seasons will go. But uh, yeah, we could theoretically, I could keep going with that forever. Um, yeah. At one point we were going to make a Western, but then uh, it just got a little too complicated. We might actually film a Western separate of the parallel universe. What you're saying is you can't fit a horse in your apartment. <laughs> <laughs> we like figured out a way. I was like, I know a way that we could do it super cheap. We just go to Joshua Tree. We get a fire yeah. pit. We say the horse is lost so we don't have to deal with horses. <laughs> we film it at night. It's fine. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> you Love say it. the horse is lost. You just have a throwaway line <laughs> yeah. to be like, I'm wearing a cowboy hat, but I lost my horse. It's a western. <laughs> Boy, howdy. Pistols. (laughs) Pew, pew. Okay, got it. (laughs) Get creative, people. Get creative. I'm excited to see that. That's what I'm waiting for. So, excellent. I think before before we kind of finish, I think we want to talk a little bit about... You had a thread on Twitter recently Mm -hmm. where you were talking about wanting girlship and wanting some of these, uh, some of these series to be like a happy place, you know, like kind of a more of like an escapism place um, for queer women. And exactly what Ellie was just saying to sort of subvert some of the tropes that we're used to, specifically because I think a lot of the tropes that queer people are used to is dying. What are our typical queer endings? You know, I mean, we do, we have disobedience, we have Lizzie. So why, why is that so important to you to have that girlship be something 
different to have it be something that's more of like an escape i don't know if it necessarily started out that way um it kind of, i mean it more just started out as being like i want to write things and so i'm writing these queer stories it's if you'll notice all of the series that we've done have been representation without commentary so it's like mm-hmm. we've just accepted that they're gay and we're not really going to be right. like here's my coming out story like um so yeah. Because we're doing that, that's just like the way that I've been writing. But because of the way it's been going, I've started to get a lot of comments from people being like, thank you for like, just normalizing queerness. And just like, it's just kind of a given. So it it kind of it started off as just like, I'm gonna make these stories. And it kind of became like, oh, so that people use this to like, get away from like, I, I even had somebody comment in that Twitter thread that they were like, I'm from a country where if you were gay, they will kill you. And I like, Mm -hmm. like, watching this content. So it's, like, it kind of became a thing where I'm, like, okay, cool. So people want to see queer people have the happy endings that we don't see in media. So we should kind of keep going with that. Now, granted, they're not all going to be happy endings because that's not the way life works. But it is better than just being, like, fucking disobedience is the saddest fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, she gets one good orgasm and then it's out. <laughs> and, like, what, Lizzie is gonna be like, they kill, they kill the parents for love, and it's like, oh, God, guys, why do we have the heaviest stuff? Like, I mean, I can't speak to Parallel Part 1, but Parallel Part 2 is pure fluff rom-com, like, because right. mm-hmm. we don't have that, whereas, like, gay men are got Love, Simon, and Alex Strangelove this year, and I was like, come on, guys. <laughs> Can we get it? And and while we talk about pure fluff and just fun, I mean, uh, you, for anyone who doesn't know, you also have your own podcast, Queer as Fiction, which we adore. Uh, Where does that fit in terms of, you know, like escapism for you and just like getting like, I mean, it's just fun. It sounds like it's just fun. Oh, yeah. It's super fun. It started off as I know that there are some people who are a little mad that we kind of changed directions since we started off reading lesbian erotica and making fun of it. And now it's just become a podcast where we just write fan fiction <laughs> yeah it's fun for us because we get to finally see the ships that we've always wanted to see together together like most fan fiction is <laughs> yeah um but it's definitely escapism in in a way that where it's you get to imagine all of this with us <laughs> right and live in this beautiful, queer, everyone's gay world together. <laughs> That's our dream world. Oh <laughs> that, my God. But it's just so funny because that really is the world I live in. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I don't know where the straight people are. Do they exist? Well, and that's the thing. Are they out there? That's my favorite thing about Hollywood when they always do the token queer friend because I'm like, wait, what? Like, most yeah. queer people run in packs. Like, there, yeah. are, there are the token that happens every once like in a wolves. while. Yeah, we're like wolves, but like there are there is a point where I was like, I, right now I can't even think of the last time I talked to a straight person. <laughs> I literally, I like remember the last time I talked to a straight person because it was so uncomfortable. I was like, holy shit, I only talk about gay things. What do I talk to you about? Yeah. I was like sitting there being like, well, wait. And then most of the time, what you talk to them about is explaining gay things. Because you're like, okay, well, let me just fill you in so that you can understand anything I'm about to tell you because you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. It's accurate. Um, so but real. I think I I think the reason that we were really interested in that thread or that it, it kind of resonated with us is I think it's something that we've uh, discussed. I mean, Ellie and I have talked about it a ton. It's something that we talk about with people that we know, because um, I feel like I do when I intro the podcast to, you know, friends or family or like people who don't listen to it. 
you know, I've gotten a lot of feedback where people are like, oh my God, you should do an episode on this. And it's like heavy, hard hitting journalism. And I'm like, I don't think that you have listened to my podcast because that's not really what we are, you know, which is like not to say that that's not necessary or not important, but yeah. we're, we're less hang out. We're hang out with me and Ellie. We're not, you know, um, there are plenty of podcasts that do lots of stuff that we don't do, you know, like History is Gay is a great podcast to just like, if you want that, like, here's the deep research and like getting into all of these historical things. I'm like, that's not, that's cool. It's just not yeah. us. That's yeah. not what I we think do. there's like a place for all of that. The whole point is like, we, we want queer content that is, that we can choose what we want to watch, yeah. what we want to listen to. And there's a variety of it. Yeah. You know, it doesn't all have to be I mean, that specific genre. Yeah, life if for queer people in general is always so heavy because, you know, society. So it's... <laughs> because the world. Yeah, and especially with, God, with the way that politics are today. So, I mean, sometimes... Womp womp. Like, are you ever going to go up to, like, the creator of Friends and be like, why didn't you reflect the politics that were happening? Like, it's like one of those things where it's like, right. sometimes you just need that fluffy stuff. And if you want to see like the heavy stuff just get on twitter <laughs> yep yep <laughs> good conclusion yeah the conclusion is yeah yeah absolutely yeah but, but yeah. No, i i mean i think it is. i think the conclusion is every every space doesn't have to be everything and i think that's important especially with something like girlship tv where you are doing a ton of content but that content doesn't have to be every single type of content that is out there yeah, and because one of the things that I'm most interested in, and it reflects already in the stuff on the channel, is just taking already, like, straight occupying spaces, straight occupying content, and inserting queer people into it, which is why that we're going to do something like a game show, like a queer-themed game show, which is why I would love yeah. to do something that, like, I basically just want to take every genre of TV and make it gay. <laughs> and, like, see, yes. like, because we had talked about... <laughs> we uh, want that, too. Yeah. <laughs> Because we were talking about game show, and then we were talking, me and my friends were talking about, like, uh, oh, we called it a gay time talk show. Yes, a gay time talk show. <laughs> yes. And oh, we were wait, you have, you have the cast for it, though. Yeah. So we were like, we could do something like The View that's just gay, which is, like, something that people have done. That, that wouldn't be anything super new. But, like, just, like, doing that where it's like, okay, game show, talk show, uh, scripted, like, just kind of taking all of those and be like, okay, but what would that look like if it was all queer? <laughs> like, yeah. Yes. Well, and that's, like, I always pitch, like, you know, when I tell people about queerest fiction, I always pitch it as, like, if you like my dad wrote a porno, but wish it was gay, <laughs> yay! <laughs> this you. is the podcast for you. Because it, it right, it is. And I, and I love my, my dad, dad wrote a porno. My dad wrote a porno sort of gay, though. Like, I Belinda's mean, for sure a bi icon. <laughs> yes, but <laughs> it's gay written by an old yes, yes, straight dude. A, a weird person. An old straight dude who I'm still pretty sure has never actually had sex. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, would, there's that. Uh, would that, I, that, I don't know if that description is as fitting now that we've switched to fan fiction, though, is it? Yeah, no, it used, I feel like, yeah. When it was, when, when we were reading were Erotica, reading the Erotica yeah. yeah. It was a little bit, but it's still, like, it's still that sort of, the, I think the flavor is still the right description. Sure. I just don't want to trick anyone now who might go over thinking that, because since we've changed the format. <laughs> yes. 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 Valid. But it's still like reading fan fiction. True. I mean, it's like, it's, it's kind of still there. That's true. Especially because we do react to fan fiction about us. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> Which, God bless all of you, because I, I don't think I could. Oh, oh my God. it's so uncomfortable. It's so funny. <laughs> oh, my God. The point being, if you haven't listened to Queer as Fiction, you should go listen to Queer as Fiction. Thank right you. now. Go. Yeah. We'll wait. We'll be yes. here. <laughs> and if you haven't watched anything on Girlship TV, you should watch all the things on Girlship TV. Yes. Yep. There's and a lot of it. Yeah, thank you. I can't believe yeah. you only launched it, like, not even a year ago. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, because we, especially because we um, had tried to submit for a panel at, at Klexicon before launching. <laughs> yeah. So. I think we might have, too, or, like, right as we launched or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Is it timely? I think it's time. It's that exciting time for Q and Gay. Q. 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 And. Gay. If you aren't familiar with Q&A, we have a couple questions that we're going to ask you, uh, multiple choice or yes or no questions. You get to answer them, and then we put them up on our Twitter for our listeners to get to answer as well. So, Ellie, I will let you take it away. Great. All right. Question number one is, your favorite Drunk Lesbians Watch episode out of multiple choice. Okay. A, Jenny's Wedding. B, Bound, of course. No, No pressure. No pressure. C, Jennifer's body. D, imagine me and you. I think I have to go with Jenny's wedding. <laughs> Just because of the pure horror on Britney's face throughout most of that video. <laughs> yes. Honestly, like, that's also, I think, our favorite should have been gay. <laughs> yes. That we've ever done. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's not gay. <laughs> For such a terrible movie, it has brought such joy to the queer community because of how awful it is, I think. Yeah. yeah. It's So you go, Jenny's Wedding. You go. <laughs> okay, question two. What parallel universe would you want to live in? A, Assassins. B, Life Before the Internet. C, In Space. Or D, Period Piece. Hmm, period Piece would be probably dangerous because... <laughs> No time is better than now to be gay. Um, yes. For some of us. Sadly. For some of us. Yeah. Uh, assassins we kind of built as a pretty bleak world. In space is definitely a good idea for one of the parallels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, can you fit space in your apartment? Can I? We could probably build a really shitty spaceship. I want you to have like <laughs> little uh, like foam planets hanging from string. That's what I want. And we'll just build, like, a model ship and, like, fly yes. it through. On- <laughs> you have, like, a little person on a stick, like, yeah. like flying it from, like, they're just, they're on the bottom of the screen. Just, like, yeah, you see, 100% yeah. see their head. Um, yes. I guess I, I kind of right now want to say life before the internet just because I truly believe that if we didn't have Twitter, life would be a better place. <laughs> <laughs> and yet yeah. we spend our entire lives on Twitter. Uh, yeah, so. as someone who frequently uses Twitter and, like, has two showrunners following me which is like insane it's like good but also mostly bad <laughs> right. yeah okay fair yeah. enough all right this is like sort of a weird question but not really it's it's tied into the censorship piece okay. so what is your favorite word for lesbian a lesbian <laughs> b les c lesy d lesbo <laughs> lesbian is that boring yeah yeah just a classic classic classic. yeah Yeah. (laughs) i for one am a huge fan of lezzy i don't know like i just think it's so funny i just like like calling people lezzy is is that what we're gonna rename lizzie (laughs) yes lizzie is also lezzy uh we also have fantastic les shirts if you happen to prefer les 
you can yeah. check out our store. Uh, just shameless plug. Shameless plug. Yeah. Always. Uh, question four. Who has the most big dick energy out of the following? Kate Blanchett, Haley Kiyoko, Sarah Paulson, or Pink? Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so much big dick energy. I also would like to say I prefer big clit energy. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. There have okay. been Who has the most big dick or big clit energy? There have been some people saying big dyke energy. Ooh, oh, I like that. I like that, too. Because most of these aren't dykes, but yeah. it's fair enough. It's, okay. I'm going to read too much into this. Uh, I feel like Haley Kiyoko has a lot of swag in her videos, but the way that she comes off in her interviews is a lot more awkward. Um, mm. So I don't, but she's so suave. I feel like I have to give it to <laughs> Kate Blanchett because it feels like she is just, and like even in interviews, she's endlessly like, I don't give a fuck. And yeah, uh, yeah I think she got that BDE. Okay. Yeah, she totally does. All right, what is your favorite story from Queer as Fiction? A, Tomato Bondage. B, Ocean's 8, but gayer. C, A Different Kind of House Call. And D, Racula. I kind of have to go with Racula. (laughs) Racula was amazing. It was was so ridiculous. What a debut episode. Yeah, oh God, that, that episode too was all over the place because the erotica was so ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Breast blessed. Breast blessed. Nice. Love it. Amazing. Uh, Remember, you can give us your own answers to this episode's Q and Gay questions on our Twitter at Let's Hang Out Pod. And Amanda, where can people find you on the accursed Twitter? Uh, (laughs) Yes. You want to follow me on Twitter? Uh, I'm at Awkward Holland on Twitter and on Instagram. We also have at Girlship TV on Twitter, which is run by Christine, who's lovely and thankfully has been doing this with very little help from me. Um, <laughs> so shout out to Christine. <laughs> Amazing. Are there any other projects that are coming up that you would like to tell our audience about? Not any that we, we I feel like we've covered all of it. We've already covered them <laughs> <Yeah>. all. Just <laughs> wait. So if you skipped to the end, you have to listen to the fucking episode, <laughs> losers. <laughs> I have a question for you guys. Okay. Have you done uh, Should Have Been Gay Whip It? No, but it's for no. sure on the list. Okay, yeah. good, good. I watched yes. it the other day. But if you'd like to join us for it, you're more than welcome. Okay, cool. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I actually went to the roller derby for the first time ever the other day. Oh, really? Like last week, yeah. Have you ever been? Yes. It's brutal. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> I wanted to do it for a second, but then I was like, I because I want to be able to... I'm a very fragile person, and if I stub my toe, I start to tear up. And I was like, I feel like I need to learn how to take a hit, but I can't roller skate that well yet, so I can't try out for so roller ma- derby. So maybe not the sport to start with. No. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe boxing maybe something is better for like me. on not wheels. You're like A. First. I don't like getting beat up, and B. I don't roller skate, so maybe roller derby not for me. But I want to yeah. try to get beat up so I can be yes. better at taking hits. <laughs> so if right. anyone in our audience is in the LA area and wants to like smack up man around a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> open call for someone to come and just like hit you with boxing gloves or something. Great. Perfect. <laughs> okay. Great. Awesome. <laughs> oh, also, Amanda will be doing an Instagram story takeover on our Instagram on Tuesday. So make sure to follow us so you can watch that. And thank you so much for hanging out with, with us, Amanda. This has been wonderful. <laughs> Ellie's still I'm crying. Still crying. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Ellie's going to move to LA so and volunteer. I really hope you don't get beat up because of this episode. <laughs> Only consensually. 
Yeah, the sad thing is I feel like someone's going to try to take us up on that. It's not a real offer, okay? I take it don't, back. Don't do it. Unless she says it's okay. It. Yeah. <laughs> cool, thank you guys. Uh, yeah, we, anytime, if you want to come back or if you want to come do Whip It, we'll, we'll have you on for Whip It. It'll be great. Okay, cool. <laughs> Let me hear you say hip, 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 we're gay. We love hearing from you guys. We love building this community. And so we want to take an opportunity to shout out some of our favorite things that have been happening lately, starting with. So I am in charge of our Instagram and I get some amazing messages. And this was one of my particular favorites, so I need to share it. Bianca Burke DM'd us and said, hi, I just wanted to thank you for making your podcast. It has helped my friends and I that you would call baby gays. Come to term with who we are. And OMG, we are so gay. (laughs) (laughs) And so are we, Bianca. And I'm pretty sure I just messaged her back, like, congratulations. Like, I'm so happy for her that she's so gay. So happy for you, Bianca. Thank you for listening. Love, love (laughs) our baby gays, always. We always want to shout out our top tier lesbian Jesus patrons because we couldn't do this without all of our patrons, especially these people. Amy and Ellen. Kayla Kelly. Lizette Stye. Grace Bowen. And Jess Klaus. So thank you so much, you guys. And I would just like to say we have two more lesbian Jesus patrons than we had last episode. Like, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yes. Like, I'm just, <laughs> thank you all. You're amazing. You are our faves. Um, remember, you can also find us on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Les Hangout Pod. Or you can email us at leshangoutpod at gmail.com. You can also check out our website at leshangoutpod.com. And make sure you subscribe so you'll be the first to know when new episodes come out. We're also going to be posting every Wednesday on our YouTube channel, so make sure you check out all of our videos and subscribe to our channel at youtube.com slash leshangoutpod. And if you want to support the podcast, you can support us on Patreon at bit.ly slash lespatreon. You can also check out our merch at bit.ly slash lesshop. Get some fun shirts and tanks and mugs and whatever you could dream of. And if you want to find us individually, you can find me at Ellie Brigida on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me at LSH Foster on Instagram and Twitter. And with that, I'm Lee. And I'm Ellie. And, and let's hang, hang out, out again, again soon. soon. Let's hang out. out. out.